right, welcome to the Dragon Fist and Rugby Pods. My name is Sean McJones. <laughs> Full on this week. No, I'm not. Um, I'm finally joined by Michael. I apologise for last week's pods. After listening to it back, it was pretty fucking atrocious. To you can hear my phone going off in the background. <laughs> so I do apologise. We did try to get something out. We were trying to get something out rather than doing two weeks without, but I am joined by Michael, who is now COVID-free. Hello. And I'm back. How's things, mate? Yeah, good mate. Glad. I'm. I'm not just like I say, not just COVID free. I'm home as well, which is really good. I'm out isolating at home now. I've got to isolate for ten days, uh, but it's much easier isolating at home than it is isolating in a room full of thirty other people, um, just lying on a bed, doing nothing. Um, I said I didn't have any of the symptoms or anything like that. I just um, tested positive, so uh, I had to isolate. But the process we had was that anyone with COVID all isolated together. So I was uh, in, a, in with a pe- people like myself that had no symptoms and people that were, you know, fairly ill and stuff like that. So it was a bit of a mixed bunch, but yeah, much better being home now though and uh, and away from all that. Yeah, mate, yeah. Um, sorry about that. Um, yeah, good. Good, yeah. Uh, enjoy the games at the weekend, obviously. Yeah, it's good to you see. You were asleep by our, like, by our I time last week. Yeah, you? I didn't see. I've seen it since, but yeah, I fell asleep about quarter past nine on a, on Saturday night. Obviously, I'd had a long couple of days uh, with travelling back, and my uh, obviously my my uh, body clock's two hours was two hours ahead as well because that's what the timings was in Estonia, two hours ahead. So um, yeah, it was quarter past eleven. So I, I was out, mate. Yeah, absolutely flat out. Um, but I've been back, watched the game. It was a really good game, uh, the France uh, Wales game. Um, and uh, yeah, and just it's a shame for Wales, obviously going for the Grand Slam. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Obviously, I've got my opinions on it as well. But um, it was a good week, good weekend of rugby. In fairness, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it as much as I could. Pretty brutal at the end. Getting ready to celebrate and then, yeah, carpet pulled from underneath me. But we're, we'll get into that a bit later. Um, we'll start, we'll, we'll go back to our usual. So I didn't do any news really for last week. I just kind of waffled on about the game. So we'll, we'll jump into a little bit of news because there's a few big things that have been announced this week. Um, I might as well start off. Uh, Wales have finally appointed the new chief executive. Um, I say new; he's been sort of interim chief executive, but they've uh, hired Steve Phillips. So hopefully that's a good sign. Obviously, there's been quite a few people, staff members who've left the WRU in recent months. Um, I don't think we'll ever find out about all of them, but uh, hopefully this is a good step. Obviously, they've got the CBC money coming in. Um, he's got a big job on his hands to see where that goes, whether it goes into the regions, how much goes into the region, sorry, how much goes into the sort of other game and, and everything else. So, good step to finally have someone in charge. Um, Wales women have announced their 32-player squad for the Six Nations, which is starting on April the 3rd. Um, oh, good, good to see. I think there's about three or four new caps in the team. Classic Wales, though, unfortunately, the skills cage, Rachel Taylor, who's only been in the job, I think she became the first full-time female Welsh coach ever, and she's resigned already. Yeah. Um, 
you know, a couple of weeks before the tournament actually starts, which is just um, is just mental, really, to be honest. Um, I mean, the, the tournament itself, I feel a bit sorry for the women because the fixtures have been confirmed 11 days before it's meant to start. You know, the Six Nations is an important tournament for men and women. Um, I just think that's, that's mental. But, I mean, starting on April the 3rd, you've got Scotland to play in England at 3 o'clock and Wales are away to France, which is an 8 o'clock kick-off. Tough start for uh, both teams there. Um, another thing the WRU... WRU has done has unveiled its plan uh, for the return of the community game which is big in Wales obviously um, they've obviously done different stages a little bit sort of like a roadmap uh, like the governments have done for us to return from COVID and they're looking for full contact by August which is obviously a good sign uh, hopefully that means they'll be able to start their seasons as normal sort of September-ish um, which is uh, which is big for the game to be fair um, Lions it's not a normal pod if you don't talk about the Lions. Um, complete flip. I was generally getting a bit excited about the tour actually being over here, but they're going to tour South Africa now. <laughs> Which, yeah, is what it is. I think. I mean, listen, they were meant to tour South Africa. I think it's good that they tour South Africa. I was one of them. I would have been more than made up if it had been over in the UK. Um... Yeah, I'd be more than happy if it was in the UK. So obviously we got to see a few games, but yeah, brilliant. It's in South Africa. Great South Africa. I don't think there's going to be any fans though, um, which would be a huge disappointment. Um, but they'll get to tour like a normal. So I think it'd be better for the squad as well because the rumour was if he was going to play in the UK, he'd only pick sort of like a 25, 26-man squad, um, which would have seen you know a good few top players missing out. Um, it's also been confirmed the Japan game at Murrayfield is still going ahead, but they're going to, you know, we don't know how much, how many fans are going to be able to go to that. If any fans, um, I'd, I'd imagine, you know, they might get a few thousand in there. Um, I'd love it to be a full one because I don't know if we've mentioned we've got tickets for the game. <laughs> um, um, but we'll wait and see on that. They're going to they're going to announce that closer to the game. Um, but yeah, all good. All good. Good to see they'll tour South Africa. Hopefully they can have some fans over there uh, while they're there. And then the last bit I've seen today, it looks like Amazon are winning the rights to the Six Nations. But also they will be sharing that with um, the BBC and ITV. Um, and then a little bit later on the day, the same person who reported that also reported that potentially BBC and ITV would have more of the games and Amazon will have some Six Nations but concentrate more on the Autumn Internationals. Um, we'll wait on seeing that. To me, that's the perfect scenario. I think Amazon have probably looked at it and the Six Nations and CBC have looked at it. I know and, and, and seeing the viewing figures, you know, you're looking at over 8 million people for some of the games, 8.3, 8.4 million people watching the games. That's a ridiculous amount of people watching rugby. It's exactly the exposure that it needs. Um, and I think Amazon, I think their money's needed as well at the same time. So if they can come to an agreement where they share the big games, I think Amazon's the best uh, option out of, say, Sky, BT and Amazon. Amazon's £7 a month. You also get the films and TV shows and everything else that goes with it. So 
to me, that's the best case scenario if they want to try and get some more money in. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Personally, um, that's all I've got, really. That's all I've got. Okay, uh, I'll go through mine. I've got a controversial one that's we discussed beforehand, but uh, we'll come into that. Um, so obviously some of the news things, news bits I've got, uh, Scotland only allowed five players, um, sorry, non-Scottish uh, based players, or sorry, English based players to play uh, against France this Friday. And obviously that puts them at a, a, a disadvantage because they're not use whoever they, um, whoever they want, which could actually have a, a negative effect on Wales because it gives, like say, a slightly weakened team from Scotland. Uh, possibly or certainly a week in 23 I would say rather than maybe a week in 15 um, but you know I mean I, I don't understand how that's it's come to that because you know France broke the rules and it's Scotland and Wales in fairness that are actually getting penalised for this now um, because if Scotland do get beat against France then you know and and, uh, and, and, and France gone to win the championship you know then Wales have actually been negative, negatively affected as well from the um from this uh, fixture being rearranged uh, and France have actually got off scot-free, no punishment whatsoever. And, you know, if it was a, a different situation and it was England in that situation, I don't think the same result would have been, would have happened. I think England would have got exactly what they wanted. So I do think Scotland have been seen off uh, royally personally uh, with it. Uh, and it's players like, you know, Sean Maitland, who's been very good when he's played in the Six Nations. Uh, the Evergreen, Sean Maitland, as we call him. Um, you know, he's been really good. I think he would have started ahead of Darcy Graham. I think he'd have been in, brought in for his defence uh, and he just scored tries against France. Um, but obviously, uh, he's not going to get that opportunity. Uh, and then, uh, who else from that? And then, and then obviously, um, Matt Ferguson's uh, got an injury in the last training session before the game as well. Um, so he's... Um, He's now um, injured, so uh, they've had to bring in Ryan Wilson onto the bench, and Nick Haynes uh, gone into the starting starting lineup. Um, you know that position on the bench could have been for someone like Cornell Dupree if he was allowed to play, um, but you know he's had to actually go from uh, for a player already in Scotland that's not even in the squad to actually being put into the squad. I think he's had his two COVID tests, so he was an easy an easy selection, but that's not what it should come down to. I mean, he should be able to pick whoever he wants in the squad and obviously he can't. Uh, so, Welsh fan, what's your opinions on that? So, yeah, it's a, it's a clusterfuck. I, I mean, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I, um, the whole thing when it first came out, there was rumours it was all down to money and how much they could pay for it. sounds like they're about to pay per player, and now it sounds like they're only allowed five players. After saying, you know, clubs, I mean, Worcester came out and said, oh, we support uh, Cornell Dupree if he wants to play for Scotland. Uh, it's funny because I'm sure the clubs do, but actually the clubs don't have the power, which is really strange. It's the PRL who has the power. Um, it, it's funny because I was listening to, uh, it was a podcast, and Dan Bigger and John Davis were on it, and in fairness, it probably comes across as quite as a, quite a bit of comment, but it's actually true. If it wasn't coming from their mouths, it would come from us. Like France are in a in a such a, a good position, not in a good position because they've got to still got to win by twenty one points. They know exactly what they've got to do now, don't they? Because of all this, because of what's happened, you know, because Wales lost. Um, you know, we're waiting round to see if we win a championship. Scotland have lost. 
like you say, Sean Maitland would have played. Absolutely, 100% would have played. You lost Dupree. You could have had Josh Bayliss, who was called into it. He would have probably potentially been put on the bench because he covers positions. I just think it's a whole farce. The problem with it as well is because France are a stakeholder in the Six Nations and as a whole, they all make decisions, nothing was going to happen. Like, I mean, I come back to the Wales thing. The thing with Josh Adams was solely down to the WRU going, listen, you've broke the rules. You're going to have to pay a price. I mean, today, it's funny, to be honest, it was a bit funny. You see France, their official Twitter, putting a picture on Waffle Day, National Waffle Day, Worldwide Waffle Day, a picture of a waffle with their flags in front of the Eiffel Tower. I mean, that is that not just laughing at yeah, people? Agreed. Not just laughing at the thought. I mean, like, and, and listen, I mean, I, I said it to you and you put a laughing face. I said it to you, you put a laughing face. As banter goes, top banter. <laughs> but the French rugby union, you're the ones who messed up. There's other teams who've been affected by this. Scotland being the most, I'm not saying, but, you know, obviously it has, it will affect Wales because we're still waiting a week on. As much as I, I, I'm looking forward to watching the game tomorrow, you're still waiting a week for a tournament to finish because other people yeah. messed up in a bad way and have basically turned around and said, we've done nothing wrong, doesn't matter. Yeah. We can have all the players that we want. Yeah. I mean, I think... You know, except for injuries, France have been able to pick whoever they want. Yeah. One of the things that's annoyed, not annoyed me, I get he's got to toe the line. He's like, Gregor Townsend's come out and said that Scotland got a good deal with it and that. And I'm like... He's happy. I know you've yeah. got to do that, but it's yeah. like, oh, no. I mean, every Scotland fan wants you to literally be like, no, absolutely not. We didn't get a good deal at all. That's not what we wanted. You know, I wanted all my players. And why shouldn't he be able to say to be fair, you know, Why shouldn't he be able to say that, though, as well? Yeah. To be fair, the headline said Gregor Townsend was happy. And actually, if you read the interview, he didn't no. say he was happy. He was just saying, he, he basically just said, listen, I got five. Five was better yeah. than nothing. But I think I know, but I agree with you. You prefer to him say, "Listen, we got five. Five's not good yeah, enough. We've been stitched up. It's not right. Rather yeah. than five is better than nothing. Yeah, 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 massively. And if it's come down to money, the French should yeah. have been paying. Yeah. Whether it's behind closed doors and no one hears about it, the French have got to pay, pay for it. But yeah, I mean, this has all been coming, hasn't it? I think you know the fact that no one knew whether you get players on Saturday afternoon. Mate, you just play the game and you don't know what's yeah. going on. So I just find mental. Uh, well, We'll move on. We'll move on. Um, Scotland's women's team have named a, a 31 uh, person squad for their upcoming Six Nations. Obviously, you already spoke about that. They open up uh, their first game against England, which will be a, a tough game for them. Um, Hamish Bain, uh, second row for Glasgow, he signed a new contract uh, with Glasgow. Uh, he's just finished his first year as a pro. Um, he's played Scotland under 20, so hoping for a, a decent future for him. Uh, and then I'm going to come into my controversial one, which me and you argued about before um, before we start the show. Right, just so we're all aware, it's nothing against Nigel Owens. I like Nigel Owens as a ref. Got plenty, loads of time for him and things like that. It's not like any kind of like hatred towards Nigel Owens. Really, really like him. Like him when he refs the Scotland games and things like that. I'm a little bit, I get why he's done it. Obviously, Liam Williams coming just some abuse for the for getting Simbind. Got a lot of abuse, which was completely, you know, unjustified. He didn't. Des- I mean, even if even if he got sent, you know, he doesn't deserve to be given like verbal abuse or, or all over Twitter and things like that. That's not, you know, it's not how the sport in and people are just cowards on social media. Um, however, what I will say is he's come out and said that it shouldn't have been a Simbin in, 
and that the referee got it wrong. Now, I always thought there was like a referee's union where referees didn't like kind of call out other referees. And by saying that Liam Williams shouldn't have been Simmons, he's basically put a target on that other referee's back now because the people that would have targeted Liam Williams with the abuse are probably just going to target that ref with the abuse now, which is also wrong. And I think for Nigel Owens to come out and be like, yeah, the ref got that wrong. That was the wrong decision. I think he needs to be infallible if he's going to say that, which you know basically means he can't make mistakes then. If he's going to call out all the refs for making mistakes, then he can't afford to make mistakes. And obviously, all refs make mistakes. It happens. So I was a little bit annoyed with him still being a ref, calling out another ref for, for getting that wrong. I don't, I, I don't necessarily think Sinbinning was wrong. I think what he got Sinbin for was the wrong decision. But I thought it was a deliberate knock-on. He's made, you know, he, he slapped the ball down out of the guy's hands. It's a deliberate knock-on as far as, as I'm concerned. Obviously, I'm not Nigel Owens and I'm not a ref. Um, but that's not what the Simbin for. Simbin was for off, off his feet, and he wasn't off his feet. You know, he got got back onto his feet, hadn't he? And uh, and 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 done what he done. I just don't like that he's called out another ref. I don't think he needed to do that. I think he should have said like, yeah, you know, he, he could have made a different answer up or or not answered the question or whatever. Because now, if I was that ref, I'd be like, every time Nigel Owen makes mistakes, I'd be like, well, Nigel Owen made a mistake there, and I call him out for it. And, you know, Nigel Owen's got a massive social media presence as well. You know, he's a big name in rugby. He's probably, he's certainly one of the most famous referees in rugby. Um, you know, and people are going to listen to that and then now just, like, start giving that other ref abuse. You know, the other ref's not made mistakes on purpose. And um, I don't know, I just don't think he should have done it, personally. But I get he's trying to defend Liam Williams from all the abuse that Liam Williams has got. I get why he's done it. I just don't think he needed to do it. So, have you actually watched the interview on Scrum 5? I've, seen, I've only seen the bits on social media um, on it. I've not watched Scrum 5, no. Right, so that's where it's come from. He was asked, he was he, he does basically guess guess slot on Scrum 5 and they ask him questions about, obviously, refereeing decisions. Um, listen, I, I, in parts, I agree. Um, I think... He's asked the question. They're not actually his colleagues anymore. I get what he's saying about maybe he shouldn't be doing it, but they're not his colleagues anymore. He is just a pro 14 referee. He's not an international referee anymore. And he was basically asked about it. He wasn't... I suppose he was. He was trying to defend Liam Williams because people yeah, said he lost that. the and game. You're, you're right in that context. Uh, he said, you know, I mean, his, his first point was, listen, you know, what basically we've everyone's been saying, haven't they? Listen, the the amount of abuse and the stuff he got, and, and fair dues to the Welsh yeah. Rugby Union for putting out there and just saying, listen, enough's enough. Um, I thought it was really good for uh, good uh, good from them. Um, he's been asked a question on a TV show. He did the same thing about um, Matthew Raynal, and I think a lot of people have said this week have gone, oh, of course he, Nigel would say that. But then he, you know, he openly said Wales shouldn't have had two tries for um, against England. I mean, we were arguing about it before, so I've kind of just all <laughs> argued out about it. To be fair, like, but yeah, I get what you're saying. I also think he was asked a question on a show. He's asked for his analysis. He's given his analysis on what the refereeing decision was which actually was really, I mean, at the time, 
Welsh fans have been raging, but it was actually really good play. The way he got back to his feet that quickly and behind the ball. And then if you look at it, it does look like... It, this is this is the hindsight of Twitter. You know, we were talking about the, yeah. the end of the Wales Scotland game, and you said you've seen so much, yeah. and you got mad. If you actually look at it, Dupont, Dupont's dropping the ball. Dupont's actually dropped the ball, and then Liam Williams has come in, and maybe he's took his arm with the ball, whatever. It could have been. I mean, it could have been uh, a deliberate knock-on. Was it silly? It was silly. He didn't. Need, he didn't actually yeah. need to do that. He didn't need to do that. We still have 14, 14 on fourteen. It was stupid. It was a, a rush of blood, which obviously we'll talk about later on. But yeah, I see your criticism, obviously. Um, I also see the other side. He's on a show. He's not actually a colleague anymore. He's just a pro 40 ref. The rumour is that's it. He's done. I think he's I think he's retired. I, I think he might referee the Rainbow Cup, but the rumour is that he's done yeah. after the season. Yeah, now, he wants so. to go back to his farm, doesn't he? I mean, yeah, I suppose what I understand what you're saying because obviously... He is as a as a he's a personality yeah, almost, isn't he? One of the biggest refs in the game. And I think he gets criticised for it, but I mean the fact he's probably been one of the best, was the best referee in the world at one point has helped him really because if he was te- if he was Ben Whitehouse and doing yeah. all this, you know, I don't know the grief like, but yeah, all of it mental. I mean, yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. I mean, I, I mean. I, all this is coming in. You see, like we were talking about, I know it's not the same players, you know, having a go at players while they're still playing and, and things like that. Like, you know, just, and I mean, the, the problem is, in one respect, we were talking the other week, you know, Hamish Watson was asked, asked the question about um, the face and red card, and he was honest, right. wasn't he, at the time? And you can tell someone from Scotland turned around and said to him, you might want to listen, apologize for that and all that. So we're in that, we're in that grey area where we want people to be honest and then we also want people to kind of maybe not criticise some people and I see what you're saying about referees and things like that so to, I mean that's a tough one I mean he's just to me he just answered he's, he's, he's answered the question about what what he was penalised for which was off his feet that was a wrong call but potentially Nigel Owens actually said potentially he could get done he could have got done for a deliberate knock-on or a knock-on but yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, that that yellow card would have come to someone else. Yeah. We've conceding that many yeah. times, which we'll go into. But that that was, you know, we don't know. Yeah, anyway, yeah. We'll move That's on. me for we'll news, mate. That's me for news. All right, good. Sound. So we'll go on chronological. chronological yeah, I think so I, I think the Scott Scotland Italy game will be easier. I think this will be quicker than the uh, than the Wales uh, France game anyway. So. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we'll do that one first because it was the first game up. Obviously, Scotland record win against Italy, fifty-two points to ten. Italy taking an early lead. Mike probably was, yeah, quivering I a little bit. Typical fucking Scotland here. Like you know, this is going to be a long afternoon, and then uh, yeah, obviously, I mean, they weren't. They, it might like they weren't in the game for long, um, and I don't think Scotland had to be too inventive to um, to break them open. You know, they were. Mm. Like saying they weren't hugely physical. Um, like you see, Scotland play Ireland. You know they get a few injuries from it. They play Wales. You get a few injuries. England you get a few injuries. But you play Italy now, and you know you like no injuries. You know because I don't know. They just you always thought they'd be quite physical and things like that. But I think the last year or two, their intensity just dropped off. I know they've got some young players that I think will be good in a, in a couple of years, and you know maybe that will be Italy coming good. 
at the moment, you know, Italy, like Scotland didn't have to do anything spectacular to, to open up. Like Hod played 10. He's not a 10, you know, and, and he, all he was doing was shifting the ball really. And, you know, and Scotland had, you know, either Duan had run through someone or they just find a gap from somewhere. And it was, um, I don't know, I thought it was quite straightforward. I say Scotland didn't do anything particularly amazing, but like their game breakers, such as like a Hugh Jones or a Duhan, you know, like managed to to find space and and get Scotland going forward. Obviously, likes of Hamish Watson was just immense as he as he always is. Uh, Dave Cherry did well, and the on the rolling mall worked and things like that. But I thought it was like I thought Scotland were okay, but you know, if we play like that against France, we'll get humped. Yeah, so I said this on the pod last week, you know, it was a bit of context. And I said it about Wales. I find these games like hard to judge only because every team has put 40 plus points on Italy in this tournament. Scotland playing them last, it's usually when they're at their easiest. I'm not, I'm not trying to sugarcoat no, no, that. I'm not right, trying to be yeah. harsh on Scotland. That's just, the truth. That's just the truth. So I said it about the Wales game and it sounds arrogant, but I don't think it is. It's, it was like a training game. There was a few times where Scotland were a little bit under pressure. Same with Wales. I mean, it's funny. Italy did their best where they looked like pretty decent against England at Twickenham, which is really funny, to be fair, after they finished fifth. Um, but yeah, I mean, easy game. Italy, I don't know where you go. You've got Garbisi, who looks talented, but then you're kicking the ball out in the full from a kickoff. Scrum off's decent. He's lost the scrum off, and he's decent. Yeah, listen, they've got some really good young players. I mean, the whole thing that you've got to give them time and all that, brilliant. But like, like someone made a good point on one of the podcasts I was listening to. I can't remember which one it was, but they said Italy have got all these talented players, and they do seem to have some talented young players, but they don't have enough ball to try things. And I thought it was a really good point. If you put them against Georgia or something, they're probably going to have 50% possession, 50% territory. They'll have time with the ball to play. So they might have a chance to do these things. You see Italy play in the World Cup. And, you know, they play a little bit yeah. of rugby against the lesser nations. And maybe that's a way to get confidence. And I'm not saying relegation, all that shit. Playoffs, yes, definitely. Uh, from a Scotland point of view, yeah, some really good performances. Absolutely no doubt. I stand by it. I think it's hard to judge some of the performances yeah. when you see what you're up against. Hog at 10, get away with them against Italy. Should never play 10. Listen, if, if you need him for 10 minutes, 15 minutes at the end of a game because of injuries and stuff, no doubt. Listen, he's talented, isn't he? He, can, he could probably play anywhere in the back line and still be good. No, definitely I'm not. Just, 10 I mean, as we said, I, I said to you on the. Yeah, he, he pretty I much said, said that, didn't he? On the he pretty much said that chat afterwards. about it, I was like, it's just a complete lack of trust in Jacob van der Valt. Um, you know, how, how is he going to yeah, get his international experience? There, you know, that just... for me was the game to give him his international experience. Uh, well, listen, of all the games to play someone who's only had a couple of caps, I mean, I understand why Wales didn't make a lot of changes. They wanted to guarantee, they got a bonus point, they wanted to guarantee to thingy. But what they did is yeah. they emptied the bench early. And Jack really didn't get that much time, did he? I think he got about yeah, 20 minutes well. in the end. Was 20, 20, 25 minutes. I mean, listen, Doohan, I've just said it again, listen, I'm like, Doohan, Hugh Jones looked immense. Uh, Doohan's stats were just <laughs> mental. Uh, um, something like 18 defenders beaten, you know, 
200 yards, 200 meters made, 200. And that's, and that's the same thing. I mean, that to me, that tells a lot about your opposition. He's still got to make them meetings. He's still got to beat them defenders. But no international winger should be making, you know, having stats like that during a game. But he looked really impressive. And just, you know, for me, Duran now, good game against France. I mean, I think he's, he's got one foot on the plane, but a good game against France now. He's he's a lion and a waiting. Hugh Jones, listen, amazing, amazing attacking player. Um, a lot of Scots getting excited over the weekend saying Lions call up. I think you said that. I think he's got That's a little it. bit of work to do for that. I'd love to have, love to have seen him play this weekend. I, I, the, the, get the way, the way I see him as a, as a Lions is purely, um, obviously he knows South Africa, but I just think he offers something none of the other 13s offer. Um, but yeah, obviously he's suspect defensively. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I thought Ali Price was decent when he came on. I thought Scott. I mean, some of the passing in the first half from Scotland was was a try. I actually felt sorry for Hoggy because I, I thought Scott Steele started a little bit nervous. His pass was a little bit up in the head, yeah. chest region, and a guy who's not really ten doesn't help him. Same again. A great game. He he, he grew into yeah. the game. In fairness to Scott Steele, thought he played quite well. Yeah, Hamish Watson. I expect Hamish Watson to have good games every week now. I just, I think that's yeah. just standard now. You know, um, uh, yeah. Ferguson came back into the. Listen, they've done the job, and I think Scotland could be happy. It's one of them games where you know we've seen it with Wales before, where we play them, and you know, you end up scoring four tries, but you know it's really not convincing. So it was, that was convincing. Fifty-two ten is just. And and a little bit like Wales, yeah. your left points out there as well. You know, you can get into them games, can't you, and start throwing the ball about. You know, Wales against Italy the other week didn't score in the last fifteen minutes. You know, we could have easily put. And I, I said this last week, it's arrogant. We could have easily put sixty seventy on Italy, and I believe the same for for Scotland. You know, sometimes it doesn't go that way, but um, yeah. yeah, professional won it, got Absolutely, the job done. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's much else you can say about the game. I, I, and that's not being disrespectful, but I think it was that easy. It's the way I felt about Wales last week. You know, you can talk about individual performances, but at the same time, you've got to look at the yeah, opposition as well. Yeah. You know, you agree, mate. You know, I said, I said, I said, I said bigger look like Finn Russell yeah, against yeah, yeah. Italy, and he did. <laughs> he took that form into uh, Saturday. So I suppose we, should, we need to talk about it now, don't we? We've done the Scotland games pretty cut and dry. And then the main event, Saturday night. France, unfortunately, winning 32-30 with an 81st-minute try. So, let's get something out of the way. I thought Wales played brilliantly for 70 minutes, but I think what it comes down to is Wales completely bottled it. And as much as I'd hate to admit that, um, we did. We did. You know, 10 minutes up. Uh, sorry, 10 points up. 10 minutes to go. No, 10, minutes, 10 points up with five minutes to go. Um, you know, yeah, tough one. Tough one to swallow, but, and there is a big but. I mean, huge, huge upset that we didn't get the ground slam. I thought it was, a, in, in the, the game in general, I thought it was a game we deserved to win. Um, but the game's played over 80 minutes, isn't it, at the end of the day. Um, it's probably one of the best games I've seen Wales play complete games I've seen Wales play for I don't know how long I don't know how long um, 
And to be honest, the way the game started, I, I was worried, you know, we conceded after, I think it was five minutes, four minutes, went up the other end, scored. France come back the other end, score. Wales then go up there, score. And you're thinking, what is going on here? What the absolute mental game. And I, I said last week, we've got to be in the game at half-time and it was 17-all. Second half, I thought, played really well. We got the points on the board. Looking like we're going to win. And, you know, there was... I, I don't want to whinge about refereeing decisions because obviously Wales have had a couple go their way. But obviously, we are going to talk about some refereeing decisions during this. But, yeah, listen, we played really well. <laughs> played really well. Um you know, it just it just didn't go our way. We give away too many penalties at the end. They were just piling up, like you say, the Liam Williams one. If it wasn't him, it would have been someone else. I think that referee was looking to give out another yellow card. And, I, and that's not me saying it's a bad thing he's looking to give it. But I just think he's seen Liam Williams and he's seen him dive and he said off his feet. So, you know, at the end of the day, after Liam Williams has done that, you know, Corey Hill's give away a penalty which was actually really smart play from Olgie. If you watch it, Olgie kind of steps away and that's when Hill goes off his feet, sealing off, you know. We just we just lost our heads. And I think it's one game where if you look at a lot of Wales games recently compared to, you know, a lot of other teams in there, our substitutes have made a huge difference. And I think our substitutes actually, it was reverse on this one. Before Liam Williams gets his yellow card, Dance knock it on over the try line. Sheedy gets it. Horrendous kick. Um, and that leads to Liam Williams' yellow card. You know, if we take hindsight's a wonderful thing, but if you just take the knock on, get a scrum, kick the ball up the pitch, nice, and get on with it, you know. So, yeah, I mean, what was your, before I go into the sort of little bits I want to talk about, what, what was your thoughts on the game now? You've yeah, so similar to yourself, like, I mean, I just think from where Wales were, like this time last year, well, kind of, and through the, through the autumn nationals and things like that, or the whatever it's called, the autumn nations cup, whatever it's called. Yeah, like you say, chalk and cheese. I mean, and also that the brand of rugby you're playing, it's nothing like Warren Ball and things like that. Obviously, you're giving away more probably defensively than you would against other like when under Gatlin, but you you're attacking plays. You know, you're getting your ball out to George North and and Reece Samet and Josh Adams and, and players like that where you can actually hurt teams. So from that kind of point of view, really, really good to watch. I thought Wales were brilliant. I thought France were good as well. Um, you know, it wasn't like, yeah. you know, it was just a really, really good game. Um, for me, and he's probably had some criticism from maybe from myself a little bit as well, but from Wales fans, should never have took Dan Bigger away. Should have left him on. He was absolutely bossing the game, I thought, Dan Bigger. He was putting Wales in the right areas. He was playing very, very good. Uh, I get they wanted Sheedy on to mm-hmm. give him more time and things, but I thought... Apparently, they had cramp. I mean... Apparently, Pippa yeah. come out and said he's had cramp. I but don't know how... He was... I, I, I think... I know, like, I know it's a lot to put on one person, but I think if Bigger plays the full 80, Wales win. I think he was he was just putting the ball wherever he wanted to. Want to. Um, the... Rugby pod, the BBC Rugby Union Weekly one, they always talk about bigger being this like test match animal, and you know, and maybe sometimes he he does too many up and under kicks and chase himself, and or he kicks too much and things like that. But like Wales tactics were perfect, and and he pulled them, he put them tactics together and and played them out perfectly. 
Uh, and yeah, I agree with you. I mean, like towards the end, yeah, Wales, they lost their heads, uh, but France were coming on strong. It wasn't just like they capitulated. Like I think France made them capitulate a little bit as well because, 100%. you know, it was it was the last like 10 minutes. It was yep. relentless from France, I felt. And, um, you know, uh, it's a shame that it, that it, that it like say, comes down, but it was exciting, exciting finale. And I know it's not really the finale yet because obviously we got the game this Friday, uh, tomorrow. But it was a really, really exciting end to, to a Six Nations tournament, which, you know, if you look at the All Nations Cup, you know, the rugby that was on display there was a bit shit, if we're being honest. I think the Six Nations, our fans are really, really good. There's been some exciting matches. And in fairness, Wales have been involved in most of them. They were involved, obviously, in the um, Scotland-Wales game, which was really good. The England-Wales game was really good and exciting. France, um, England was really, really good. And then, obviously, Wales-France was was brilliant as well. So, um, you know, I think plenty for Wales to build on now. And um, going from where they finished in the Six Nations, I think a lot of people thought they were going to finish probably fourth or fifth in the Six Nations. They thought maybe only Italy after how they'd done in the autumn games. But yeah. they proved a lot of teams... Yeah, they proved a lot of teams wrong. Yeah, a lot, but sorry, it proved a lot of people wrong. Um, it's whether they can continue that now. Obviously, going forward into the autumn, uh, the autumn fixtures, and and then again next next year. Yeah, I mean, I think I think one thing people and it's a bit harsh. I think people people aren't talking about the fronts. Like, I, I honestly think Wales have played better against fifteen men. You know, when when play, teams have been uh, had a player sent off, you know, Scotland was still in the game, Ireland was still in the game. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Listen, I thought France were really good at the end, and I think sometimes I think because we're talking about Wales, because Wales lost the Grand Slam, they're talking about Wales a bit more than they would uh, France. But yeah, France were really good at the end. They flipped a switch. They've got some unbelievable players. You know, you know, Jalibert goes off with an injury, which obviously yeah. is now when they bring Interlac on. You know, it's 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 polar opposites in some sense. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I'll talk about you know a couple of things that I'm not going to go on about it because you know we have had that way. But um, don't really want to dwell too much on refereeing decisions. Obviously, it is what it is. But I thought Wales were denied a clear cut penalty try at that point. Wales go 34 20 up, um, which means France would have to get three scores. Um, and I think that the issue with that was Louis Rissamit with that unreal finish, which obviously was no try. I think if that doesn't go that far, they'd probably look at the the mall rather than the actual finish. Um, but, you know, we, we've had a couple of decisions on try. You did get a, tri- tries, did so get a try that you know, no one saw grounded. I don't want to make... Yeah, but I think, that's, I think that's more down to what's... You know, with the Atoji one... Um, what was there was another one, wasn't there? Where there was there was they were talking about grounding. Uh, oh, one against Scotland, When they put his head in there, and yeah, um, which some would say was was quite good. Just on that, though, the thing that annoyed me um, sorry, to talk about the uh, Scotland Island game is when he seen it, he said, "Yeah, I saw it grounded," and so didn't ask for the video ref, and then. Hamish Watson's try. He said, "I saw it grounded, but I want the TMO to look at it," and you're like, "Well." That's not fair. <laughs> You've not done that the other way around. So, uh. French mate. Um, yeah. So I mean, you you made a good point. Attack. Um, when's the last time you've seen a, t- a Wales attack like constantly attack like that? Look like they had. They knew exactly their jobs, the structure. Louis Re Samit being like crash ball option. 
It was immense. You know, uh, Josh Adams, both our wingers getting involved as much as they could. Dan Bigger, you're not wrong. Dan Bigger, I think from that Scotland game where yeah. I mean, he was, yeah, he was a bad, wasn't he? I think if you look at his last three games, England, yeah. I thought he was really good. Um, and they took him off and Sheedy, you know, made a difference. Italy, he was really good. Let's not judge that necessarily, but he was throwing out big passes. He's turned into an attacking fly-off in the last three games. And, you know, some of the passes, I mean, his line yeah, for the tri- played, his try was like immense. How he plays one off Hampton. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think... With Bigger, Bigger was I think was probably the most structured player under Gatland. And, you know, rightly or wrongly, I think it's took him time to get used to the system. I think Sheedy is, you know, I th- he's probably genuine competition. You see, when, when Anscombe was there, Bigger picked up his game then as well when he thought he had genuine competition. And I think under she- before Sheedy's come in, I generally don't think he thought he had that much. Like from no offense, like, but from yeah, Paps, I just don't think he thought he had it. I think he's seen Sheedy come on, have an amazing game against England, amazing game against Scotland, play well against Italy, whatever. I mean, obviously he didn't have the change there. I just think you know, damn bigger there is performances like that are playing you into a lion squad. Um, you know. Whether he's in a test team, there's a lot of people picking him as a test ten at the moment. Um, I mean, the other thing is, and this is where something you know we'll talk about. Obviously, we talk about the Scotland game there. We were unbelievable. We we ruled the skies. We were unbelievable under the high ball. Uh, Bryce Doolan is an amazing attacking fullback, but he is atrocious under a high ball, and that's where I think Maitland would have made a huge difference for for Scotland. Yeah, probably why Fickie was on the wing this week. Um, yeah, like I said, the subs. Didn't have the, the usual impact, unfortunately. Um, I think there was at one point in the 60th minute or whatever, uh, basically in one go, he took off Bigger, Ken Owens, Thomas Francis and Beard. I think it was all four of them. And I, I think someone was saying it's close to 300 caps he took off in, in like one go. Ken Owens off either. Um, um, and yeah, and that's the hindsight of it. It's worked yeah, out yeah. well in the other games, you've doesn't got it? Just, you've got in general, squad as well, it's you? one thing you can say about well. Of course you do, you know. And, and in fairness, like you say, we still had the ball with thirty seconds to go. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's one thing we can do. We can praise Wales. We should praise France. That's probably it. Was either the best or one of the best games of the Six Nations. I do think you can see progress in Wales. We do have the second highest in age range in our team. So obviously, I still believe we're a team in transition. But I, I think you're starting yeah. to see how Pivak wants to play. Um, how how he's using the back row now. I mean, how good was our back row? I mean, that little tip, that little uh, kick from little kick through by Tipperick. There's not many back rows doing that in the world, you know. And that, that, that that's not something that's not something he's done by yeah, accident, is it? He's, he's like seven's player though, isn't he? So you know he's Nibidi got the skills. Yeah. Navidi immense Falatau again. Unbelievable. Basically. Yeah, he, he's the Lions eight, isn't he? Barring injury. Falatau is the Lions eight. So yeah. Oh, huge disappointment we didn't win a grand slam. But I think, you know. 
from where we were, what we were going to do. You know, <laughs> Louis Samet has uh, has come along as well, which I think's rejuvenated. I think George squad. North at centre. Um, like... Sorry, yeah. sorry, I was about to mention him, George North. And I, I was one of his biggest critics, in fairness. And I said, I mean, in fairness to me, I've actually said, in attack, you can understand it's a great, you know, it could be really good. It's obviously in defence. To be fair, I think he's been quite, he's been class, been one of the best centres in the tournament to, for me. Um, and he, he, he's found his little way of, little, of, of offloads and things like that, like, and his defence has been good. I mean, I give him a lot of grief. I still don't think he's a 12, but Jonathan Davis played really well. Um, at 12 uh, it's probably his best game since he's come back so loads of positives I mean um, what's his name John Humphreys needs to get a lot of praise I've been saying it but you know from where we were against Ireland with our line out we've actually ended up with the second best line out in the Six Nations um, so far so far because obviously you've got the game there um, which is an unbelievable turnaround I think only Ireland has scored more tries from lineouts now than Wales. And Wales has scored the most tries off scrum. So our set piece has completely changed, um, which is unreal. Like, like you say, the whole thing's chalk and cheese. I'm just hoping we can carry this on. We are going to have transition. You know, we're going to lose Jake Ball. I don't know if Alan Wynne Jones will go on. I think, if he, me personally, I think if he tours the Lions, uh, maybe Captainsons plays a couple of tests, they win. You know, what a way to go out. So, yeah, huge disappointment. We can still win the tournament there. I mean, from where we were to win a Six Nations, Grand Slams are, you know, are so hard. This one was in our grasp and we should have won it. End of. But, yeah. The, the last thing I'm going to say about about this game was is the comments from Galtier afterwards um, saying that Wales players deliberately try and get red cards. Um, there was very little contact in the eye. I just think, you know, you're talking about Nigel Owens um, saying things in the press. I, your, na- your national coach shouldn't be saying things like that, basically calling out cheats when there's video evidence to show that the guy's fingers were in his eye, whether it's on uh, on purpose or not. You know, you could blind yeah, no, the guy. I agree. Um, if you listen to a rugby you know, I just think as national, you know, if, if that's a frustrated player or something like Hamish Watson or... Ferguson, obviously, when he's done that interview, I get it. But national, I mean, I don't think France have, have shown themselves in any glory, showed themselves in any glory in this tournament. In fact, apart from being an amazing team, I think they're a bunch <laughs> of knobheads. Not the players, actually. I don't know, maybe, maybe some of the players as well. But they haven't showed themselves in glory. And I think for him to say that after a tournament, in a game they've won, bearing in mind, um, he's just trying to, he's, he, basically what he's trying to do is trying to get that Will Hampson yeah. up. You know, no ban, isn't he? So he can play. He can play tomorrow, which was never going to happen. That's the most stupidest thing. Never going to happen. It's a red card, you know. So yeah, Fabian <laughs> Galtier, go oh, fuck yourself. Great player, but absolute fucking whopper. Right, so your big game tomorrow night. So the permutations, really. I suppose we should go into that before we had Scotland win, Wales win the championship. So it's as simple as that in that sense. From the French side, they've got to score four tries, bonus points, and yeah. beat you by 21 points. That's a tough ask. Scotland, I think, have got the second best defence at the moment of the tournament. They were the first best defence. 
uh, last year. A few different personnel, which obviously we can get into when we talk about the game. I think if it's if France score five tries and win by 20 points, yeah. the championship shared. <laughs> uh, so a few permutations there. Um, like for me, uh, looking one, at it, one, one more know, permutation. I was just saying that. If Scotland out. win by eight points, they finish second. Yeah. And they've never, right, they've sorry. never finished yeah. second in the big prize money. That actually. Ooh, mm-hmm. let's go Scotland. Let's go Scotland. Uh, yeah, I mean. French team, you look at it, it's really good. They've changed a couple of players. Uh, I think they've dropped Teddy Thomas, which is no shock. As great as a player is, he can be a bit lazy. Fickle on the wing, though. That's a bit of a... Do I think they've done that to counteract. And, and maybe Duhan Kicking onto well. the wings, yeah. And maybe Duhan, yeah. Um, I think they picked Jalonch in the, in the back row, so they've got a bit more physical. And, and obviously, Intermax come in for, for Jolly Bear, so, you know, that, that's made him worse, hasn't it? Um, and then, yeah, obviously, the Scotland team, just give you my opinion, so I know this is your game. You know, the Scotland team, good. I think Ferguson is going to be a miss for him because he's been, yeah. you know, he's been constant throughout the he's tournament. Decent, um, he's played, you know, he's played well. He's, he's played he's played well in patches. You know, he's had some really good games and then some others, but he's been a constant and I think that's a big thing in, in, in Six Nations if you can kind of keep the core of your team together. You know, Nick Hayden's a big game for him now. The, way, the, the place that I worry about Scotland is second row. Now, Sam Skinner's been playing out at skin for Exeter and, you know, we both agreed he should have been playing against, at least on the bench against Ireland. And that's good. Gilchrist, good second row, good international second row. Um, I just think this is a game where you think, you know, if they had Cummins and, and Gray with Skinner on the bench, that's 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 meaty and it's 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 decent. I can still see Scotland winning. If it needs to have a big yeah. game, in my opinion. Um I think, you know, he's he's shown flashes during the tournament. He was very good against England, a couple of brain farts. I thought he was he was good against us. Um at the Ireland game was was a bit ropey, but I think this is a game that that Finn will love. I think so, this is the sort of game he'll love when he. It's all uh, about Hoggy, whether you know. how Scotland's forwards do. If Scotland's forwards can give Finn Russell a platform, then I think Scotland can go and win the game. But if they beat us up up front, you know, Finn, there's not much Finn Russell will be able to do, um, or Hoggy or or whoever. And the forwards need need to to at least match, you know, and and obviously try and get the upper hand on. Um, on on the French forwards, which I think is why he's gone with, um, what's his face, um, George Turner uh, as hooker, because I was surprised initially that he's gone with Turner after his how poor his lineup was, um, but he's so good in the loose, you know, he he can get that get Scotland going forward, um, but his lineup, he must, I assume, he's thrown like a dream in training this week to be given the nod because his lineup was that bad. Um, but no, it's not taking anything. It's Ireland who uh, obviously absolutely destroyed our line out. Um, but to me, it's it's all about the forwards. I think if Scotland can get a platform, I think they've got the backs that, that can hurt France. Same again, the France France have got the backs that can hurt Scotland as well. I don't dispute that. Um, I worry about Darcy Graham defensively. Um, I know he's he, he punches above his weight, but you know 
is going to have big, you know, Fiku's a bit, if, whoever that is, it's Fiku coming down or Pernal coming down at him or if Vakatawa gets into that channel running down at Darcy Graham, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it's going to be very, very difficult for him. Um, however, if he gets a ball, a bit of space, you know, he, he can also cause some damage as well. Um, my heart always says Scotland. My head says France relatively comfortably uh, by, by at least 10 points. Um, but I'm hoping Scotland go out there a point to prove because everyone's talking about France winning it. No one's really talking about Scotland finish second. Um, and, you know, that's actually quite a big thing for Scotland mm-hmm. to finish second. It's not something they've ever done before. Um, you know, and having, you know, if you have a, if they have a Six Nations where they've beaten England and France, both of them away from home, that's a hell of an achievement. But also as well, like these Scottish players need to like, they really, really, if they want to play in the Lions tour, they've got to put their hands up. You know, right? they put their hands up um, against England. Brilliant. Everyone's talking about them. And then they've gone and lost to, you know, I think by three points and one point to Wales and, and Ireland or something like that. Or, you know, so it's very, very little. But they've yeah. still, you know, gone out and lost the game. And, you know, particularly the Wales game, you know, they, they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. It was very Scottish, you know, what, we, what they did. You know, the game was there for Scotland to win and they, and they, and they bottled it at the end of the day. Um, against Ireland, Ireland were better than us on the day. You know, our set piece, we did well to be that close to them with no set piece at all. You know, the line out was just abysmal. But, you know, if, if Scotland can, you know, say get some parity with the forwards, you know, have a decent set piece, then, you know, they, they've definitely got the tools there to, to hurt France. Um, but, you know, France are probably the best team in the world at the moment. So, you know, Scotland have to be very, very good. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean, I suppose this sounds, I, I, Scotland need to be up at yeah, the levels that Wales were on on Saturday. Um, no doubt, if you put them two teams together, Wales have got a lot of talent, but you know, like you just said, France are probably the best or second best team in the world at the moment. And I was the same as you. I think I put Wales down to lose by 10. I think you did 14, didn't you? Or was it the other way around? I can't remember. I thought I thought there was a game too far for Wales. And they turned up for 70 minutes. Um, I think Scotland, big thing, they've got to be with them at half-time. Um, you know, my, my head, I'm with you, my head, listen, of course I want Scotland to win. My, sorry, my heart says I want Scotland to win. My head says France. To beat Scotland by 21 points. If, if they beat Scotland by 21 points, because yeah, Scotland rolled over the the case, tickle, When the line selection comes through, Scotland can't have any complaints. Yeah. I mean, I, for Scotland now, and this is, you're probably not going to agree. I don't expect you to, maybe, but I think for Scotland now, with the talent they had, and, you, and you've seen it against England, how good they can play. You've seen it against Wales, how good they could play. Uh, the Ireland game, yeah, I suppose you're right. Different. I think this thing, the, the whole thing of brave yeah. losses and stuff now, that just has to end. And I agree with you, with line, with line selection coming up. And I think it's made it worse on Scotland. That a lot of te- I mean, except for England, a lot of players are all of a sudden standing up that you, you know, we probably said, yeah. nah. You know, <laughs> you, you think about, you know, I think we, we did pick Dan Bigger to go on the tour and when we picked him at our Lions squads, you're actually looking at Dan Bigger competing for a starting place. The way he played against France, you know, you're talking about Sexton all of a sudden turning into the play. You're talking about Conor Murray all of a sudden coming to life. 
back rows. Um, yeah, huge game for Scotland. I mean, and I'll know this. I think, you know, there's players there for Scotland who know they're on the cusp of the Lions tour. And a good few of them, you know, we're not, we're not just talking about uh, Finn and, and, and Hoggy. You know, we're not just talking about two players where people would go, yeah. You know, you're talking about Hamish Watson's in, sorry, take that way. But you're talking Richie, huge game for Richie. The way back rows have been playing in this tournament, huge game. He would have, I think he would have been nailed on after that England game. I still think he'll tour, but huge game for someone like Richie. The, the front row guys, I still think they'll go, but they still need to, yeah. To like, I think, thing is though, if you watch Wales, Wales, just from one out runners, albeit, you know, North, North, Zamet, Adams, they were using the wingers, which, you know, North and Duan are probably the same, so similar size, aren't they? But, Wales made really easy meters against um, yeah, really easy meters against France. You watch the game; we made really easy meters. I mean, we we carried aggressively. Uh, we quick balls that, like you just said, the forwards have got to do a job. We, you know, our forwards were clearing out. We were getting quick ball. Gareth Davis looked like a different player. Thomas Williams looked like a different player because they were getting quick ball. And you know, I think Scotland can make those meters as well. So Sam Skinner's is a good carrier. Hayden's a good carrier. Watson's a good carrier. Richie can carry. Fakes can carry, Duhan can carry, Chris Harris is gonna have a yeah. he's gonna have to have a huge game against Bakatawa. because uh, he, he didn't he didn't have his greatest game against Ireland. Um but you know he he's been you know, he's yeah. been one of the form centres, hasn't he, in the tournament before that game. He's gonna have to have a huge game um against Bakatawa. Um and the, and all them players I've mentioned are all in Lions contention. Um, you know. And like you say, I mean, if, if if they go on to lose by 21 points, you know, I'd be upset because you don't win a championship. But I'd probably be more upset because I just, you know, they haven't turned. If they get beat by 21 by yeah, France, exactly. I, I just don't think Scotland would turn up. And I do think it'll go, I, I do think it'll go against them. Um, not all the players. I do think some of them have already got credit in the bank. But huge game. I mean, in a way, I'm buzzing that there's a game to watch tomorrow night. At the same time, I'm also... You know, I'm still in the mindset of it is a bit of an unfair advantage to France because yeah. it's all laid out for them, isn't it? It's all laid out for them. They know exactly what they're going to do. You know, Scotland, but, you know, they've still got something in it because to finish second, one, they haven't done it before, and two, prize money. Money's huge at the moment, isn't it, with COVID? The prize money is completely different from finishing first, second, third, all the way down to England and nothing. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, big game. One thing we, we didn't point out, obviously we didn't say anything about England-Ireland, another brilliant game of the Six Nations. Ireland wiped the floor with them. I think there's more England players that will be worried about their chances of getting on a plane than Scottish players. Um, you know, some of them players potentially aren't getting picked. And I think when we come to do, we will do a Lions episode probably once the Six Nations is all done. I... Some of their players are going now. Some of the players that we thought were nailed on to go, I don't think are, but they're brilliant. Yeah, well they're done, Ireland. Absolutely. Uh, pants down, stepping Johnny Gray and then doing him in the corner. Love to see it. You love to see it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, everyone thought, oh, this is the turnaround for England. You can see him. They played better no. against France and then didn't even turn up, did they? You know, first 20 minutes was, was close and then Ireland just. Obliterated them. So, so final prediction. Actually, I'll do our predictor. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm still going go France by about Scotland 10. by eight, so they finish second. 
good. Stop five. Now, to be fair, Mike, I could do with you losing on the predictor because <laughs> only because I've, I I've won the fantasy I'm league, haven't sure. I? Won the fantasy league. I don't know if you noticed. No. Yeah, if you're not checking, uh, you might as well check. I, I won the fantasy league, and you're actually sitting second in the predictor, and it probably wouldn't look good if you both. <laughs> well, it would because it means we know our stuff. Um, if you actually won the league, so we'll probably That's have right. to give out prizes to second place, and <laughs> buy myself a prize as well. Like, but yeah, uh, yeah so I think it's between you and Waggy actually. So I think it's going to come down to the last game. So be interesting. I'll right. try and find out what his prediction is uh, tomorrow. And all that out there, like right. So that's all of it, except we've got Pro 14 to talk about. I love I, for one week. I'm actually buzzing to talk about Pro 14. Um, it's the first time all four regions since 2015 2016 season. Yeah, ridiculous stat, ridiculous stat. But yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll crack on. Um, First game was the Ospreys away at Leinster. This game, mental, mental. I turned. I, I was watching it. Yeah, turned it off. Ospreys turned it back on. Off, ten minutes to go. So ten minutes to go in the game. Leinster are winning nineteen three. Ospreys then score three tries <laughs> in ten minutes to win twenty four nineteen. Unbelievable. Away from home at Leinster. However good they've been, they got you know they had some of the big names out a lot of their a lot of their youth as well. But in fairness, if you looked at the um, the Ospreys team, you know they had a load of kids out as well. So unbelievable result for the Ospreys. Nice bit of confidence because the season's basically yeah. over. I know Edinburgh going to play Dragons, haven't they? Next weekend or something like that, like um, which is just a joke. Just cancel the game, um, and then Sunday. Dragons playing Glasgow at the Millennium Stadium, Principality. Uh, Dragons eventually win 26-17. We both watched this game, not together, COVID. Uh, but we both watched this game. Uh, Taylor two arms, if I'm honest. I thought Glasgow were quite were really good in the first half. Uh, dominated a lot of uh, the game. Rufus McLean scored. Unreal try. Should, should, <laughs> should, should have been chalked off for a penalty. Um, but... It's, no, it should have been, yeah. but I think because it was that good, just let it go. Let it go. You don't score that many tries. Um, and then second half, Dragons, very good Dragons. I thought they controlled majority of that second half. Uh, they scored a nice little try from Jordan like Williams as well. Podgy, but he's rapid. Um, yeah, he's a bit of an enigma, Jordan Williams. He is Not, such a skillful player, like great athlete, footwork. Though. Doesn't look like he's he just takes something, that seriously. Yeah, he came through for the Scarlets and scored a wonder try against Harlequins in the Champions Cup or what a Heineken Cup, whatever it was. And everyone was just going, wow. He actually toured for what with Wales in South Africa. This is years ago. And, and you know, you, you, everyone's talking like he was like a Damian McKenzie sort of fullback, you know. And I, he went to Bristol and played really well. When he signed for the Dragons, I was really impressed with him. But yeah. just, he's, you know, one of them players who's got loads of talent but doesn't kick on, he, he's in. He's in. He just doesn't seem to have that. Bit extra, but yeah, really good try, really good win for the Dragons. To be fair, it was a bit, a bit of a damp squib for Glasgow because yeah. of Osprey's winning. The game was irrelevant, uh, which was a bit 
disappointing. But I mean, it, it wasn't a bad game. I thought it was a bit scrappy to start off with, but it ended up being a, a really good game. And then you had Monday night, which was mental, really. I'll start with the Scarlet's Connaught game. Scarlet's winning 41 36, a high scoring game, but at half time, Connaught were winning 33 12. <laughs> and Scarlet's end up winning 41 36. How was it? 29 29 3 in the second half to Scarlet, which is just mental. I mean, Johnny Williams came on at half time. This, this, is, this is how the game changed. Johnny Williams comes on at half time. Scarlet's win, he gets man of the match. He was unreal. And still, I don't know why we, we haven't picked him at 12. Nothing against Foxy. You know, it is what it is, but he's such a good player. It was such a mental game. I was trying to watch both games. I was flipping between games. I, I kind of give up on the, on the scarlet Connaught game because they were getting hammered and they weren't. And then the other game, which had permutations, was Cardiff versus Edinburgh. Cardiff ended up winning 34-15. Probably the yeah, scoreline doesn't. I thought, I thought doesn't go with the game if Cardiff I'm honest. A better team, for large yeah, parts. I thought it was a closer game than the score. Yeah. I, I, same again. I thought it was Taylor two halves. I thought uh, Edinburgh were boss in the first half. Um, Cardiff were very scrappy. Um, yeah. That number ten, the young number yeah. ten who came in, he looked pretty decent, didn't he? Twenty year old Edinburgh. Um, yeah, I thought they yeah, looked good. Very that good, Hoyland yeah. at fullback, he's starting to look decent, isn't he? Um, and then Cardiff just pulled away. There was a, a bit of controversy with yeah, Nigel Owens, which what you said, obviously no one's perfect. Tell him what to do. Um, um, and it wasn't a knock He clearly drops it onto his foot. Like, as in, I, I, like, I, I think he pushes it down onto his foot. But, um, yeah, by then I think it was a knock-on and like five metres out anyway, wasn't it, or something, so... It'd have only been a, a bit of scrum the other side, up, but up the other end of the yeah. pitch. Yeah, the only thing I will say, I'm not sure. I don't know this for sure, yeah, but the way I was looking at it, is Nigel Owens didn't have a screen yeah, to look if at. That's the case, like a big screen, and I think that's why yeah, I'm sure they, they've all got screens now, but they all the stadium. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm not, to be honest, I'm yeah, not sure yeah. if the Blues are. I mean, it, Surely it, it, it wouldn't have made any other difference. Like, like that, but, Cardiff had won yeah. the game. Anyway, I mean, so. um, yeah, I mean, Card- listen, Cardiff played well. Listen again. Eh? Um, Cardiff had Lloyd Williams yeah. and Jared Evans as the halfbacks. They scored a lovely try, didn't they? Jared Evans' little chip over. It was a cracking little try. Lilo's try was very good as well. Cardiff played some really good rugby. Eh? For, for me, with Cardiff, they've got everything behind the scrum. They just need to get a little bit extra beef. You could say that about most teams, couldn't you, really? Um, just a stat, and this this is, you know what I'm saying to you, it's a Taylor two halves in both games. So this came up on Twitter. Scottish teams away in Cardiff this weekend. First half aggregate, 12 to the Welsh teams, 27 yeah. to the Scottish teams. That's the first half. So that's pretty decent, isn't it? Second half ag- aggregate, 48 to the yeah, Welsh teams, ideal. 5 to the Scottish teams. <laughs> uh, unreal stat, really, to be fair. 48 5 in the second half. Um, yeah. But I think, I, uh, listen, throwaway season. Completely, I, you know, we've, we've managed to see a lot of good youngsters. You know, they're talking about not doing internationals, uh, playing. 
uh, fixtures during the internationals, so there's more internationals around. I like that because I think it brings more people in and makes the games better. But also, you still need an opportunity to give these youngsters a go. There's youngsters that have come about, you know, Jack Morgan at, at the Scarlets. Would he have played more if, you know, more internationals have been available at the Scarlets? Same with Scotland, you know, some of these youngsters that have come through, you know, probably wouldn't have played. Yeah. You know, that Jack Blaine might not have played if Duan was round all the time. And that Jack Blaine looks like a, he looks like a great, Rufus McLean might have not got a chance. You don't know. I mean, he looks obviously massively talented, so he might have come through anyway, but... You know, I think there's got to be a balance to it. I think they are talking about getting this A-League done, which I think would be perfect. Um, they are going to be smaller squads, so they're probably next year due to finance, so the regions have said. So these youngsters are going to get opportunities. There was one try for the Scarlets, Tom Rogers. He literally, I'll try and find a link to it and I'll send it to you. The try was unreal, like stood the guy up. And then just ran round. It was brilliant. Not as good as Rufus McLean's try. That yeah, was just absolute place to burn. That was just class, wasn't it? I'd, 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 I'd have thrown. I'd have thrown him. A little bit. You can throw him in. Being, or, maybe a bit or, too quick of a turnaround, wasn't it? Ah, throw him in. Throw him in. <laughs> Why not? Actually, don't know because we needed to win or do a job. So, um, right. Yeah, that's it for us. Uh, Massive show, obviously, huge disappointment. But tomorrow, I am Sean McJones. <laughs> I haven't got a Scottish flag or anything, but I'll be buzzing. Don't worry. Cheering you, use lot on, like so. Yeah, good that we got another game. It's a bit disappointing it me, the way it's going on. But gives me uh, something yeah, to do in my isolation. I think you can do it. Definitely smashing by. Ideally, yeah, that'd be ideal, mate. Smashing by eight. Smashing by eight. <laughs> Early controversial red card, smash and bite. Right, cool. Um, that's everything from me. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, Dragon Prince Rugby, or on Twitter at DT Rugby Pod. And imagine we'll probably do like a bit of a review of the Six Nations, yeah, sort of good. best player, something like that next week. Review your game against France. We'll obviously go through. We'll, we'll find some categories. If you've got any ideas for categories, let us know. Uh, I'm sure people will say our best player was all the referees. Yeah, we'll probably do something best player, best try. Um, yeah, something like that. Like, we'll do a review of the Six Nations, where we're going to go. And, I, yeah, and imagine we'll week after that, we're going to do... Are we going to do a Lions? I'll have to listen to the old one to see yeah, how different yeah. the squads are. I think, I think they'll be big time different. I think there's quite a few players that are coming in and quite a few players going out. So, yeah, that's what we'll do. So, obviously, it gives you ideas online. There's a lot of Lions teams online. <laughs> some of them are good. Some of them are <laughs> Probably Will Carlin. So, I see someone pick George Ford at 10. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was George Ford. I think George Ford picked himself at 10, or his dad, at least. Right, okay, yeah. So, thanks very much for listening. Like you say, um, Thank you very much for listening last week. I know it wasn't the best of episodes. We were trying to get it out. Um, Fortunately, COVID, bullshit and all that crap. But we'll be here next week. We'll be celebrating Wales win and the Six Nations. Stop Grand Slam will be Six Nations. Stop them to do it. Come on. If you you beat them, right, I'll sing Flower of Scotland on the pod next week. All right. It's down. Everyone can... I can't believe I just said that. 
Okay, yeah, I'll do it. It's done. It's done if you win. I'll do it. Promise. If we win the title, and if you if you lose by twenty points, I'll do it. Either way, either way, I'll be happy. Right. Okay. Thanks very much for listening, and uh, hopefully, us next week. See you later, boy.